0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the shop notes podcast. This is episode 77. I am Logan Whitmer joined by John. That's right. This is episode number two of the John and Logan show. Will Phil come back next week? We don't know. We might not let him. So let's get into it. This episode of the shop notes podcast is brought to you by Woodsmith magazine. Woodsmith magazine has been the trusted source for all your woodworking information for over 40 years. From tips and techniques to furniture projects to shop projects, you'll find it all at Woodsmith Magazine. Subscribe today at woodsmith.com.
1: I love the mystery.
0: I know, like we don't know if he's coming back. Will yep. he? Will he get? Will he get lost in southern the jungles of southern Missouri? Right. Who knows? Edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe he just don't want. Maybe he just doesn't want to come back.
1: I, and I don't blame him. No, I mean, you especially
0: know. after this week, I don't think he wants to come back here. Right.
1: And I'm I'm sure he watched uh, last week's or listened to last week's <laughs> podcast and thought these two guys are doing such a great job that <laughs> they don't even need me anymore. So,
0: uh, yeah, so, uh, I figured this week, so last week I had asked a question about, uh, it, was, it was kind of off the cuff, but I got a lot of response to it. So I thought it would be a fun thing to kind of go through some of these responses uh, about building a shop, about the potentials mm-hmm. of building a shop. And I got a lot of feedback from our our listeners, viewers, people, from our people. And I kind of wanted to run through some of it and see, uh, just kind of share some of it to see what mm-hmm. everybody thinks about it. So sure. um, real quick, I'm going through some of the... YouTube comments. Um, so Mike Fleming said, you know, if I were building a new shop, I would not embed the dust collection in the floor, which is the general consensus right now. Uh, what would I do if something new came along like CNC? Uh, that's completely fair. Um, you would be pretty locked in unless you set up hubs, right? Like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I get it. Um, he also said for the shop, you know, he'd like more floor space than he currently has, which is a double garage. But more importantly, he would like more height, which is something that I don't think a lot of people think about. Um, what's, yeah. what's the height in your garage, John?
1: It's just the standard eight foot. So okay. yeah, it's pretty easy to be flipping over a piece of wood and hit a light or hit the ceiling or kind of take for granted that in the shops here or in the studio here at work, we have extra tall ceilings and yeah. then, so we have plenty of room and then plus you can hang, you know, your air filtration and, 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 uh, we have our dust collection pipes up near the ceiling. So if you had a standard eight foot ceiling, it's going to start getting lower and lower as you add stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's nice to have that extra capacity yeah. above you.
0: Yeah. So currently I have nine foot ceilings in my shop in the basement. And I think, I feel like that's bare minimum. For me personally, right. I mean, obviously I can work with whatever I need to do, but I feel like that's pretty bare minimum, especially when you add, like you said, a hanging dust collect, a dust filter up, uh, up on the ceiling. And I also have, um, oh, they're like the hanging fluorescent lights, but they're LEDs. Um, mm-hmm. super bright. I love them, but they hang down about a foot. So really I have, I have areas in my shop that I can only stand eight foot up before I start knocking into stuff. So. that's that's a great i that's a mike brings up a great point there height is almost as important as floor space so Mm -hmm. um he mentioned that you know being on the limited budget he's not sure that the extra costs associated with plumbing would be justified um he said i'm not sure about the toilet in the sink but a sink for cleaning brushes would certainly be handy um Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know that's that is something that I had priced out to put into my shop when I built my house and my shop. Um, I priced them putting uh, water and sewer in my shop, so I would be able to have a utility sink. And the cost then was outrageous. I mean, it's like you're only going, you're only moving like four extra feet. Like if I can sneak in there one night, I'll do it before you guys pour the concrete. You know but it was like three grand. They wanted to do it. I'm like, Ooh, that was
1: not worth it. Yeah. It's definitely a luxury, but if you want to save a little money, I mean, if you had a sink, do you really need a toilet? (laughs) I knew it was coming. Save a little bit (laughs) of cost. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, And another thing that Mike brings up, which is another
0: great point is uh, he's another, you know, point to consider is power, uh, which is true. And that's a big Mm one. Um, He has, Two 40 amp circuits, or he has a 40 amp circuit, two breakers in my house that feed a sub panel in the garage and have two 20 amps coming in that that run the plugs and lights. Um, the yeah, uh, so right now I have a 60 amp sub panel in my shop fed from the garage. Um, I think, uh, John, do you have a panel for your garage or are you running off a breaker in the house? Uh,
1: I have a like just a small separate panel, okay, from the in, in my garage, yeah do you know how much power it is i don't don't know i'd have to look but i yeah i don't have 220 in the garage i've been able to get by without it but gotcha
0: see and i i ran my when i built mine i did run alternating like every three feet there's a well every six feet there is a 220 and every six feet opposite so every three feet there's an outlet but they alternate between two twenty and one ten. Mm-hmm. Um my my dad happens to be an electrician. Uh so I had a lot of parts for free. So I just put it in because I had it. So <laughs> uh it was definitely a it, I followed the mentality of put way more outlets than I expected I needed. And mm-hmm. I still find myself thinking, dang it, if there was one outlet right here, that'd be awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I find that um I mean I have, you know, plenty of outlets, it seems like, but a lot of times you know, i move stuff around or stuff gets covered up so i i feel like i'm grabbing extension cords and just plugging in wherever i can and yeah and kind of so it's nice if you have lots of outlets and different heights as well um i think on one side of the garage i have it all at like bench height outlets yep. so i'm not covering those up when i have my workbench up against the wall yeah. or whatever so yeah
0: i've kind of grown fond of these screw on power strips for the wall, mm-hmm. um, like the like the longer thin ones, um, not like a standard one that we'd use at our computer, but like the longer shop ones that they rotate to close and they rotate open. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of those in my shop right now. I really like those. Now you can't put a bunch of stuff on them, but they work pretty well for when you need mm-hmm. to plug stuff in.
1: I uh, usually so- just use um, Christmas lights as <laughs> <Yes>. extension <laughs> cords. <course. laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I mean, we have. You're not using them most of the year, so it's like, and it's extra light in the shop, right? right? you just lighten up the shop. And, oh, there's
0: nothing like know? 28 gauge wire for your right. Isn't that right? Thin, I do probably the, the thinner you go, the the yeah. lighter the cord that is. That sounds so it's right. Like I'm sure we'll get corrected by an electrician, right, but that's all right. We should right, like
1: so. use that as a. Um, shop tip in the magazine like and see what kind of anger we get back. Just throw uh, one of those in each issue. Just yeah, to,
0: like the spoof tip.
1: Yeah, just to uh, get a response from people.
0: That'd be great. Uh, so I'm working down the YouTube comments right now. Uh, Kevin Thomas said, better late than never. Yep, sorry. We're a two-man show last week and this week, so it yep. went up a little later on Friday morning, but just still got it. Yep, uh, We'll give you a refund on this episode. <laughs> uh, uh, Ian uh, Dingwall says I built a 45 by 35 shop inside. He made a 17 by 17 enclosed work area for woodworking. Uh, for cutting with saws, both table and cut off, I set them outside this area. Uh, he used scissor trusses because they're restricted to 19. It must be to 19 foot total roof height, uh, mm-hmm. and it gave him some storage above the 17 by 17. Uh, lots of electrical outlets and good lighting he put a toilet and a laundry sink in a small bathroom, which is kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, but, uh, put in wiring to operate a compressor outside of the work area and in planning to run airlines around the whole shop, uh, natural gas heat in the area. And at the stop at this time, half of the whole shop is for my motorhome to reside. We live in the rainforest of British Columbia. Ooh, oh, I'm jealous. Wow. Uh, Slowly insulating and drywalling the whole inside, uh, as the gas heater I have is large enough to heat the whole shop. Good lighting, heat, air system, lots of outlets, uh, some sort of dust system, and bathrooms are his ideas, which that's all good. You know, I like Ian. I like the uh, I like the idea of wiring for a compressor outside the shop because I hate hate listening to air compressors run. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm in my shop and myself, not that big a deal. I just put my my. Um, Bluetooth earmuffs on um, but I like the idea of setting it outside of the work area uh, so when I was talking about building a, a machine shed that would work well because I could I would have only a, about a third of it would be workshop but I could plumb the air compressor to be in the main machine shop area mm-hmm. or the machine shed area and not worry about it so kind of cool yeah
1: or it'd be nice just to have an area where you can kind of enclose it and insulate it and yeah, I've seen some people do that where they
0: it, but... like soundproof it kind of.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know that would be cool. Um, I do, John. What's your what's your opinion on? Do you like the plumbed in airlines or not?
1: Um, I do like them for convenience, but then it like here in our in the shop um, at work where they're plumbed in, it always seems like there's like one leaky valve or, or <laughs> yeah. something that's always hissing. So you're going around and shutting things off and, yep. but I mean, they are nice for convenience, but it just depends how much you use them and like around the shop. If you have one little area that you're using yeah. um, compressor tools or yep. whatnot, then it's probably not necessary. But if you have an area where you're, you know, doing a lot of air tools then you mm-hmm. have a separate area where you need it for finishing and it might be nice to, to run some lines yeah
0: i will say i do like the convenience in our shop here of having mm-hmm. air always in that line so like if i'm done turning i can just walk over blow myself off real quick mm-hmm. I'm done yep. super nice so uh next down the list is top shelf english said 19 or thirty nine eighteen. whoosh right over logan's head don't worry john the rest of us got it <laughs> Well, Mr. English, I did get it. I just happen to have calluses from John, so I can yeah. just generally skim over stuff like that. I think it was a comment yeah. about how me setting the, uh, the <laughs> me setting the dust collection in the concrete was permanent, unlike marriage. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I got it. Yeah,
1: Kind of, kind of like, probably like my wife, if I say some sort of smart alecky thing I've said before, she just doesn't, doesn't react. even react, which is, so then I say it louder. <laughs> like, did you hear me? <laughs>
0: I was like, going to say, it's so annoying when they don't react to it. Right. Uh, so then you got to repeat yourself. You're yeah. Like, yeah, I heard you. Yep. So, um, but. a couple of people had mentioned about, uh, the perfectionist thing on a lot of people are say, <laughs> Rick B said, not that I enjoy your mistakes, but it makes us common folk feel better when you perfectionists how things go wrong. Uh, AKA yeah. he does enjoy our mistakes <laughs> and then learn yeah. to fix it. Um,
1: yeah, it's always nice watching someone else make the mistake, like Chris Fitch, <laughs> Mr. Perfect here. And then when we're filming he'll <laughs> screw something up no. and then just totally be mad about it
0: and the best like... Yeah, the best Chris Fitch one was when he was uh I don't remember what project it was this season. He was just talking to somebody. He put the dado blade in backwards. You mm-hmm. remember that? And he was trying to cut yeah. with it and he still got quite a bit of a cut done. And it was like, something's wrong. There's a lot of smoke, yeah. <laughs> so
1: it's like back routing. Yeah, exactly. Prevents chip out. <laughs>
0: uh, so, uh, but Rick also said that underfloor dust ducts and outlets in a location in the center of the floor where a table saw would most likely live makes sense to him, but not plumbing mm-hmm. the full shop, uh, for underfloor. Um, so and he said water plumbing's a must. I still kind of been following that. I'm mm-hmm. kind of
1: agreeing with that. Could you just put in um one of those like drainage pits and then sweep everything into that? Like you know, like people put in the oil yeah, like, like a oil pit? Yeah, I think so probably. Yeah. It's
0: probably not a shop hazard yeah. at all. So no. um plus then it would be really easy to do oil changes on my truck. You just get in right. the sawdust pit, open up the, mm-hmm. the drain plug and just let it go into the sawdust. Right?
1: Yep, sawdust soaks it up yeah. and
0: don't worry about it. Good yeah. to go. So then I just would start flicking, like, cigar butts down there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. uh, All right. Uh, Donald Miller said about a uh, shed to do wood projects in, and now he wishes he would have got a bigger one for two reasons. Uh, next to the garage would be nice, and uh, he has uh, to have a cleanup and bathroom area, and just in case you don't make it to the bathroom <laughs> and stack it, uh, <laughs> to do a show like everybody else. So I think he's saying to, to, for, like, a... A video area so trust me don it's not as nice as it sounds <laughs> yeah uh and then wb fine woodworking with don bullock said uh when i retire my wife and i bought a new dust house and built a 24 by 40 shop garage on the property uh, before they moved and when he said when we're ready to get serious i just or when I'm ready to get serious. He said, suggest on am getting online, studying building code for our area. Our house is in an area with very strict building code requirements, including the types of materials you can use, uh, the types of building codes in your area will tell you what you can and cannot do. Uh, and i want, want to look at what the building will do to your property taxes. Where I am, for example, putting a bathroom would have raised our taxes significantly when compared to the same building without one. Um, and then he goes on a little bit, I just actually clicked to show more and realized that Don had a lot more on here. Uh, <laughs> we, we, uh, he said, uh, for his build, he researched the project um, before finally, finally contracting the build. Um, he chose to have the building prefabricated and built by Tough Shed. He said, yeah, they actually built garages. Their quote was much lower than several contractors for stick built structures. And another contractor took care of the foundation, the electrical, and drywall. Uh, he definitely agrees that climate control is necessary. We live in Southern California, which was going to be a lot drier than hotter than here. And he said uh, he went out with, it, with went, out, went without it for twelve years, and now he wishes he didn't wait so long. He said, "I no longer sweat on my work, which is that is a as a fat man that is a problem. Like as you're planing <laughs> something, and there's just drips of sweat dropping and raising the grain. It sucks." Yep, uh, and where we live both AC and heat would be necessary um, Wi-Fi in the building comes from a mesh router system with the main router in the house he said uh, that system covers 6,000 square feet and can be extended easily to cover a larger area and he talks about the dust collection in the concrete he said he didn't do that but he did put outlets in the floor where he plans to put his table saw um, and he said that worked out great 220, 220 serves the saw stop joiner uh, planner and dust collectors hooked up to the 110 All my wallets are a little above four feet which is about where i put mine and that keeps them from being hidden by sheets of plywood laying against the wall or being blocked by a machine or lower cabinet uh and he has a link to his youtube channel and as i read this i'm gonna say i will put this on the show notes page so everybody can take a look at it I didn't do a show notes page for last week sorry people i will try to do that sometime soon um but you know that's interesting don because i In my shop, I also put the outlets a little above four feet. I didn't think about the sheet goods leaning against the wall. Like I didn't Mm. mind that high because I wanted when I would put like cabinets up against the wall, the outlet was above the cabinets, like, you know, kind of like chest height, but that's a great idea,
1: you know, right. Yeah, kind of like I was saying, like you're always moving stuff yeah. around and leaning stuff against the wall and covering up outlets. So it's nice to have them at a height where you can.
0: Yeah. What, get to how, them how do you feel, John, about wireless, the zip so. reels for outlet for power cords?
1: I don't like. We have a couple of those in the shop, and it seems like they're always in the way. I mean, <laughs> well, I think they're broke. <laughs> in, in theory, they're really yeah. They, maybe they just hang down too far. They don't yeah. go up as high as they should anymore, and yeah. hit my head or. Yeah. Well, and Whatever,
0: to but. be fair, I don't think that
1: they are designed
0: to have a four-gang outlet box on them. <laughs> so that's a lot of ways. Yeah, that could be it. That could be. Because it. I have one in my shop right now and I, I I don't know where I got it. I like put it up on or I got it from the print shop I managed or something. It was in like the trash from somebody else's garage. So I grabbed mm-hmm. it, you know, I pulled a few like, Phil Huber and yanked it out of the, the dumpster and saved it and I I hung it up. I had to put new ends on it, but I, I hung it up in my shop and I actually love that thing. It's only a single outlet. So it's like a, it's an extension cord reel basically that hangs on the ceiling mm-hmm. and I love it. Um, you're right. The one in the shop is always in the way it is always <laughs> in
1: the way. And it might be that it's, it's hung right in a walk, like a walkway right now between, and it might've been that we move stuff around yeah. and, and that's where it ended up and. I don't. Know, with better planning, it would be in a better spot. And, yeah. But. Well, that's that's a lot of these issues. I think a lot of that
0: all comes down to planning, which, mm-hmm. bleh, you know, right. Um. So, um. Then I got an email, um, from Bill Fee, and Bill said, uh, you know, Alan hey, recently listened to the podcast. Uh, I thought you're uh listening to the podcast where you're pondering some considerations for a new shop. He said, after retiring in 2014, he built a 30 by 36 pole building for his shop, and it sits about 200 feet behind his house. Uh, he said, here's some thoughts on specific things you brought up. A running water toilet. He said, I originally wanted a restroom with a toilet and sink, but decided against it for cost reasons. Um, however, he has a utility sink with running water. Uh, the water runs from the carboy on top of the sink into a bucket that he has under the sink. Um, so it's like a almost like a dry sink. What do they call it? A dry sink? Sure. All right. We're gonna call it dry sink. (laughs) He said he just has to carry the carboy to the house once in a while to fill it. Uh, but in the hot times of the year, the humid times of the year, he just empties his dehumidifier water into the carboy. So he has some water, Mm -hmm. um, for internet. He uses, uh, I use my electrical system to carry internet from my house to the shop seems weird, but it works. Um, I have a hundred amp service in my shop that is taken from the service at my house. My house is also where I have my cable modem for internet. You can buy the device below. He sent me a link that plugs into the outlet in your house and an outlet in your external shop. I don't understand how it works, but does a pretty dang good job. He said, I watched uh, vid- He watches video and TV in the shop with using this internet connection. Uh, and then, so I responded to him back just, hey Bill, you know, uh, thanks. I appreciate all your insight. Uh, did you find, I asked him if he found the 30 by 36 size works for you. And he said, uh, Interesting question, and I would answer yes. Although there are times when I wish I ha- it was bigger, and other times when I wish it was smaller. He said, "I guess that means it's hmm. about right." Uh, he moved from a twenty by yeah. twenty-four, uh, so this one seems way bigger. In fact, the first thing he built in the new shop was a cart to move things from one area of the shop to the other. Um, so uh, he was. He said the biggest thing that was given him. Nightmares was, uh, he said, fretted. Uh, the thing I fretted most was planning where to put electrical. Uh, I have a 100-amp box with a mix of 220 and 110 circuits and put outlets in the ceiling for lighting as opposed to hard the lights. Uh, and he said, of course, they're wired to a switch. And I, the make I made was not putting in ceiling outlets that were not switched. He said, so things like my air cleaner and garage door <laughs> only work when the lights are on. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Ideally, I'd like I would have liked to put in a system he saw in popular working in the complete wood shop guide. Um, and he said, uh, it was the most flexible way to set up electrical to accommodate shop changes. Uh, unfortunately it was cost prohibitive for him at the time. So I'll, uh, put a link to that mm. up there. Um, so and I'll, and bill actually has a link to his shop tour from Instagram. And I will, when I get the, when I get the shop notes page up, or the show notes page up, I will uh, link that as well. So, just kind of interesting. I'm, I'm glad people responded back to this. Um, it, building a shop's always like fun and exciting, but my God, there's a bunch of freaking headaches. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... I don't know. I Lumber prices are falling, though, so it, it's looking yep. a little more feasible for me. Um but uh the one guy uh had mentioned seeing what it would do to property taxes and building codes um and what what building codes would allow and i'm lucky that i live in the i'm gonna say country um where i only have to deal with county codes and technically machine Mm -hmm. sheds in my county are considered um agricultural buildings so they don't do anything with property taxes generally um, I don't know how that works by building a shop with running water in it. Um, that might be a thing I have to really look at. Um, I know what it would do to my property value if I did it., um, so basically, if if a you know, it basically is seventy five percent of the building would add to property value. So if it was a you know just for a good round number, if it's a hundred thousand dollar building, it would add seventy five thousand in property value which would come back on property taxes but um you know it's it's money you would get out at if you ever want to move um just kind of as a general rule of thumb so kind of interesting yeah
1: yeah you could go down a whole rabbit hole on building shops there's hypothetical shops you can go so many different ways so yeah
0: well and (laughs) I think uh, this is an interesting question for you John do you think there is such a thing as too big of shop
1: hmm yeah probably I mean you had to go from one end to the other to, to your drill from your drill press to your table yeah <laughs> but well I don't know it seems that... like you could always fill it up with something you know like some <laughs> S- people like have campers or cars anxiety know, is that yeah. what you're saying yeah. fill it up with anxiety fill it up with anxiety that's what I'm saying yeah so I'm sure there's too big, but uh. well,
0: it's, and, and the one that comes to mind is um, April Wilkerson shop. Mm-hmm. She built a big old shop, and it's half woodworking, half metal. Mm-hmm. Now I don't have any desire to pick up any other hobbies. I need very few metalworking things. Uh, I need my welder, that's, and maybe a chop saw. That's pretty much it. I don't need a metalworking area. So my fear would be to build a shop that is too big. Um, because to me, I've seen guys that work in a machine shed or a pole barn. So if, if anybody doesn't know, uh, our pole barn machine sheds, are those terms, either one of those terms, like a Midwest thing. I don't know. Okay. Th- I, I mean, mean, they're common, they're common terms to me, but I'm I said they're the common Midwest, terms so. here. Yeah. So, yeah. so they're basically, um, the post frame construction is what they call them. Uh, I've seen pictures of guys that have built post frame construction buildings for their shops and I look at it and I'm like oh my gosh there is nothing in there like you built Mm -hmm. a big building for not a whole lot of woodworking tools right but then I start looking at it and I start thinking wow they have they actually have a lot of woodworking tools they just built a really big space Mm -hmm. and to me that's a lot of I guess what I'm what I'm saying is I think there is too big of you could build a shop that's too big because you're heating and cooling the entire thing if it is, yeah. airtight, if it is conditioned, um, you're obviously the expense to build that big a shop, but a rule of thumb is, uh, at least for me, if I have a space, I'm going to fill it up. Right. So I would rather keep the space restricted and be very selective on what I have than just fill it up. Hmm.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah, I have a 24 by 24 kind of oversized double garage. And that seems like a decent sized space to start with. And I can always open my garage door and then my driveway becomes my shop as well. So,
0: yeah, well, yeah. And what I'm, I guess what I am uh, proposing building, proposing to my wife building is a. 30 by 40. So it's really not that much bigger than what you have, John. Um, I mean, it, it it's six foot wider and about, well, it will be 16 foot deeper. So it is a little bit bigger, but do you think, I mean, for a, does that seem about right for the yeah, type of woodworking so. you know for, that I do? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, enough, I guess. Cause what is that comparable to that's bigger than the video studio space? It seems like, uh, I Try guess compare I don't know that to something else. I guess I don't know what our video, or what the, video our shop across the street is, but that, that seems like plenty, I for, would think so for what you do. So, yeah,
0: I mean, and I guess one of the big things is for, and this is something we've said and, you know, not to trying to get away from talking about what I'm trying to do. Um, I think a lot of people just need to consider what type of projects they build when they're looking at building a shop, you know, and we've talked about this before a little bit. Like if, if I decide I want to build a big armoire, let's say a, a, like a high boy or something, you obviously need space to move that around, you need space to be able to lay it on its back, you need space to, to just be able to maneuver around it. Um, so you need a little bit more open space in your shop for projects like that. Um, one of the, <coughs> excuse me, one of the uh, projects that I would like to build soon and like to sneak it into popular woodworking if I can uh, would be a um, a cedar strip canoe or wood strip canoe and I think it would be an interesting story if I could go out west and bring home some red cedar logs and mill them and just have the whole evol- you know the whole cycle would be kind of cool but building a cedar strip canoe you need like a 16 or 18 foot canoe you need 24 30 feet to be able to Maneuver it around it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like that's a lot of space, you know. Looking at, um, oh, God, that's the guy from Parks and Recreation, uh, the woodworker. Uh, you know, Ron, Ron Swanson. Swanson. Yes. <laughs> uh, look at a Ron Swanson's shop. Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Thank you. Yeah. Look at Nick Offerman's shop. He builds a lot of canoes, um, and he has a yeah. big long. It looks like a warehouse, but a big long warehouse that they build their canoes in when he does them. Uh, and it's like, you know what? Yeah, that makes sense. That, that is perfectly suited for what he's doing. Um, whereas, uh, uh, my buddy, I just, I just dropped off the airport, Jimmy Clues, who's here filming with us for the week, um, was, uh, he does turning. That's all he does. He, I mean, he's done flat work and he would like to do some more flat work, but he does turning and he does it in a single stall garage. Well, a stall and a half garage and he teaches classes of five or six in there and it's perfectly suited for what they do. So, um, just kind of interesting. Um, one other comment I had on the building the shop thing, uh, it was from my buddy Jim. Um, Jim said, uh, you know, hey listen to the podcast am about the external shop. Uh, he said, what I would do was just bury a cat six line from your house. Then you wouldn't need a second internet service. Uh, like, yeah, Jim, thanks for giving me the obvious answer. That makes the most sense. <laughs> like, yeah, I started thinking about, it. I was like, yeah, like me, the big dummy. Like, yeah, well, of course, why mm-hmm. wouldn't I just do that? Because that makes sense. Uh, just bury the cat six line out there. So I have a, a line and cat six can be buried right in the ground. So thanks, Jim. That was way, don't well,
1: even bury it. Just, just run it over this, the ground. That was. Pick it up when you're That was like
0: way more obvious. Like that was, that was one of those answers that was too obvious that I couldn't see it. So I was like, mm-hmm. you know, that makes sense. Just pull a Cat6 cable. So actually Cat6, I don't know if Cat6 can be buried if it's not in. There's probably external Cat6 cables. I don't know. Probably. I don't know. I don't so. know. Cat6 is the Ethernet connection. So. Just pull one of those from my modem out to a router out there it'd be perfect so yep um and he said jim said he's like i probably would do some outlets that can all be used uh used with any layout um he said but he would not put the desk collection in the floor so uh and jim happens to be an electrician so i may be leveraging his help if i end up building the shop so we'll see hmm. uh love to toss work to people I know. So, yeah, so just kind of interesting. I I got, we got some pretty good response on that. So, but yeah, so I mentioned a little bit that uh, this week uh, we had a guest in town. Um, Jimmy Clues was here. Uh, We've been working on doing a video series with Jimmy for a long time. Um, So he was here filming with us for the week. Um, Filmed two different things. Uh, Well, three filmed two videos that will be um edited together and for sale uh and then he filmed an episode of our tv show for us which was kind of cool uh with us with me um so i thought it was was fun um you know what did you john what did you think seeing a really good turner in action
1: oh it was it was it was amazing it was nice to have people come in and see what they do. It's nice to sit back and watch somebody else do the work. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, but, but yeah, he does amazing yeah, stuff. So. It was,
0: uh, it was cool. So it was nice because you could tell that he's done some work in video before, and you could tell that he's been demonstrating mm-hmm. for 30 years. So there's a couple, just the way stuff works. You end up doing the same thing a couple times, and you you end up hearing the exact same phrase multiple times because it's like i mean there're different videos so the 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 mm-hmm. uh, end user hasn't heard them uh but it's like yeah jimmy you've done this for 35 years you know your you know your spiel so it was it was fun it was fun to right. uh to watch like you said it's fun just to sit back and watch a masterwork
1: right yeah i've never done any turning so it's like watching him it's like, oh, it's probably pretty easy. He's making it look really easy, but then you, you know, think that he's been doing this for a long time and yeah. a master of his craft. So, yeah, it probably takes a little more practice than than that. But uh, that's I thought,
0: I thought you were implying that watching me turn, it doesn't look easy. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean
1: watching anybody turn it's like, or that you know knows what they're doing. It's like, yeah. oh, that's pretty easy. You just chuck up a piece of wood and you know start turning. So
0: yeah, no, that's but, funny because. Uh, And this is just a little insight for people that are listening to us ramble is that the first two days we filmed the classes. So, so just people know what the classes are. Uh, One of the, we call them classes, they're, they're videos, they're uh, educational videos. Um, So the first video will be uh, an intro to turning. So a basic set of tools, their uses, how to sharpen the tools and also some basic spindle turning and spa- basic bowl turning, um, because the two are completely different. Um, and at the end of that video, uh, you end up turning a basic bowl and uh, putting some of the spindle work to to use to make yourself a shop mallet. So uh, you end up with two nice projects along with all the other info in the DVD or in the, the video. Uh, and then the second day, we rolled into the advanced class. Um, so, the advanced turning uh, isn't what I would call, isn't necessarily what I would call advanced turning techniques, um, but um, they're more advanced than the basics. So, it's it's like the next step in uh, somebody's like intermediate. turning. Intermediate. Yeah, they're like intermediate yeah. turning. Um, one of which is a square Asian inspired box. It's a. Kind of an og and it it starts as a square blank you turn it so you kind of got to watch out because there's a helicopter wing flying around as you're turning um super cool some gilding on there um and uh just some interesting ways to hold the wood uh, so you can turn it and also uh, one of jimmy's signature things is his color rimmed platters um the platter is is a pretty easy turn um this is coming from somebody that has turned them before um You know, they're one of the first things that I I did turn. And they are fairly easy to turn if you follow the steps that Jimmy shows you. Because it's a very easy way to break it out and make an OG. And very easy way to do the rim and hollow it out. But the coloring process is super interesting. It's a layering of different dyes and pigmentations. Uh, So it's it's super interesting uh, to watch that. Uh, But I was going in a particular direction with that for a certain... Reason. Oh, uh, because that was the second day. That was the mm-hmm. the advanced turning or intermediate turning class. Um, we're calling it advanced class, but it's more intermediate class. Um, and then the third day, Jimmy and I filmed the TV show together. And I'll tell you what, we got into the car on Tuesday night to leave after we are done doing video. Uh, we were going out to a, a friend's house for, he was doing a little, kind of a little private demonstration for a few friends of mine. And he said, <laughs> Jimmy's English, and if anybody, he's from England, and if anybody has met Jimmy, you guys know probably exactly how he said this, but he said, heck man, glad we're done with these first two videos, but now the hard one, and I said, what do you mean the hard one? He's like, well, he's like, the TV one's the one I'm nervous about, and I'm like, why? And he's like, well, he's like, it's TV, and I'm like, oh no, no, the TV one will be easy, and he didn't believe me. And then I, and then he really didn't believe me when I told him, you know, that color rim platter that you just turned for the advanced DVD. That it took an hour to turn and explain. We get to condense that down into twenty-two minutes, and then his eyes got really big, and you know, he dropped a couple English curses at me. And it's like, hey, like it'll be fine. Trust me. Uh, so, what I'm getting at with this is when we when we filmed it on Wednesday. Uh, we filmed it in a style that was like uh, a Jimmy and I talking about it and then we just I would step away from the lathe and let Jimmy turn it he would turn about what we just talked about and then when it comes to the editing process we'll drop that video over top of him and I talking so it's not just watching Jimmy and I have a discussion it's it's us talking about what he's going to do as you're seeing him do it uh but what I'm The whole point of this story is that A, Jimmy said, he's like, Oh, he's like, I just have to turn it. He's like, That was all the talking we're going to do is just me and you, and then turn. I was like, Yeah, that's just turn it, do it, do what we just talked about. Don't say anything, just do it. And it was really cool. And Becky, she turned to me as he started turning, and it's like, Oh, this is this is this is Jimmy turning. This is not demonstrator jimmy this is not tv jimmy this is not you know somebody this isn't jimmy the wood turner persona this is jimmy turning and the speed at which he was able to do stuff and just watching him do stuff without worrying about saying anything without worrying about explaining to anybody how he's doing it was very cool uh and Mm -hmm. i've i've seen that a couple of times um i mean i've seen it a couple times with jimmy but i've seen it a couple of times with other people as well, and I just—if anybody ever gets the chance to go and truly watch a master of their craft just do their craft, um, take it. I mean, just take it because these guys won't be around forever. Not saying that she was going to die on this plane, isn't flight back home, but like, <laughs> yeah, Way to it's, go. Geez, Sorry, Mary, uh, but like. I've, I've also watched uh, Al Breed, uh, one of the nation's top carvers. I mean, he's right up there with Mary May and a lot of these other carvers. Uh, the master of reproduction furniture, and of period furniture. And I took a class with him at Mark Adams School, which was phenomenal. If anybody ever has a chance to do it, should do it. Uh, but one night, he said, all right. He's like, after dinner, he's like, we're going to sit down and carve a... This is not part of the class. He's like, but anybody that wants to stay around, I'm going to show you guys how I carve a... Uh, ball and claw foot so he had a mahogany blank and he just stood there for it took him like 14 minutes like i don't know anybody in the world that can carve a ball and claw foot in 14 minutes but he did it and just sitting there watching him do it not talking to us not i mean yeah, i'll kind of explaining what he was doing but he was more just doing it um and it was so cool like like Screw you guys! I hate you guys. You guys are masters of your craft for a reason. I get it. Yeah. I understand it. So,
1: yeah, watching um, Jimmy is like, like I mentioned a lot, a lot like watching uh, Chris Fitch when they're demonstrating. They're kind of doing it all in first gear and <laughs> doing it slowly and explaining and showing. And then if you just turn them loose and like he's turning or is like doing his thing, it's just like they're fifth oh, gear and they're just zipping through with a bandsaw or turning or it's just like yeah. Just amazing I, to yeah, watch. So. I, I agree with
0: you. I will say Chris is the, Chris is one of the very few people in the world that have zero regard for feed speeds on saws. Like, yeah, like Chris is a push it through as hard and fast as I can. And it just yields to him. Like, yep. you know, yep. all right. You got anything else, John? I figured this would be a short episode today.
1: Uh, I think that's it. Yeah. Let's do a short one. So people can enjoy their oh, holiday yeah. weekend. Yeah,
0: it is three day weekend. Woo. So, you any plans for the weekend? Yep.
1: So, uh, I don't know. I'm sure we'll find some beverages and some place to swim and light fireworks. I guess, yeah. Celebrate freedom. <laughs> so,
0: I mean, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I tell Whatever you what, supposed to I'm going to sell on the
0: couch this weekend. So. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm going to do some work and sell on the sure. couch.
1: So. All
0: right, everybody. Well, yeah. thank you again for listening to the Shop Notes podcast. Uh, make sure you guys go to wherever you listen to this podcast. You're already there you are listening to us right now and drop a rating uh, don't drop our rating but drop a leave a rating a good one is preferable but honest ones are best and we will see you guys next week on the shop notes podcast
1: this episode of shop notes podcast is brought to you by woodsmith plans you'll find nearly a thousand plans covering everything that you'd want to build from furniture projects to gift projects kitchen accessories workshop projects and jigs and more find your next project at woodsmithplans.com